We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and I'm joined by Sean Siegel of course you can find all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com as well as on Stadium Bananas with Ben Gretchen this is the Saturday edition of Rotoviz Overtime so I want to give a quick mention to Stadium Bananas this week some fantastic content really enjoyed the projection show as the guys talked through some of the pitfalls projections on the Wednesday episode and then looked into the kind of immediate impact to the Baker Mayfield move to the Carolina Panthers how that affects both the Panthers and the Seahawks, who a lot of people thought Mayfield would end up with, but a lot of great content in there. Other things, obviously, that I didn't mention in there as well, but definitely check those out. But, Sean, we're uh, we're lining up here for a fun show today, and then we are entering Listener League 2 mode tomorrow as we draft off again against 11 listeners in the FFPC Superflex Tournament. So look forward to both drafting that and then sharing those drafts next week with uh, with the, the listeners. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I can't wait for that one. In our first listener league draft, you and I got somewhat lucky in that we did take the plunge with Baker Mayfield late, and then we took Geno Smith in the very last round that actually ended up splitting those teams. So we could have as many as four starting quarterbacks, even though we did not draft one in the first i believe six rounds now the quarterbacks are still going to be weak so ideally four starters would come into play for us there but we took some risks those panned out probably those same values will not be there tomorrow column you and i will be almost certainly opting for a different approach and and i think that'll be fun i've actually done three or four of these super flex tournaments now you and i have done some have done one with blair one with ben and all of them sort of took the risky approach at qb if we dry if we draw the right slot tomorrow it might be the time to finally go after it with those qbs early so what you're saying is if we get an early pick tomorrow we might draft a team that is what we would like to draft but uh it's going to be it's going to be fun if we look through today might give us some ideas sean because we have a roster that we're going to review from Matthew Durham that came in in that Superflex tournament. But you mentioned the risky approach we took. It, it did 
look very risky, probably is very risky. You done an article that is not optimal way to do it, but also getting that Baker Mayfield pick, which we also did in the Best Ball Mania 3 draft that we did this past week. So that worked out for us in both drafts. So hopefully now it is a case where he can be successful this season and also our guy, DJ Moore, hopefully will get a bit of a, an uplift in quarterback play. But we'll see. That's a lot of stuff that we can talk through. But today we will be talking mainly about best ball rosters, doing a little bit of review, listener submitted rosters, and we'll get our thoughts on them. So, Sean, the first one comes in, as I mentioned, from Matthew Durham, and it is a best ball roster in the Superflex tournament. So we may be trying to steal some ideas ourselves from this, Sean, uh, as we look through it. He did draft from... 101 in this roster so i will run through it but he said he had to brag because it's insanely stacked and chock full of rotovis guys uh, his only regret is he got boxed out on a few stacks drafted before the redder recent blurbs and then he also mentioned if this one takes down the whole thing he'll be sure to buy us something nice so we'll see how it plays out but sean a run through the roster he is the 101 can take any quarterback he wants goes josh allen then on the way back in the second round takes trey lance Nice little, uh, we'll run through the team and then we'll run through some of the possible rounds. But then gets DeAndre Swift, Saquon Barkley, Jalen Waddle in the fifth, J.K. Dobbins, then T.J. Hawkinson. Now remember this is also tight end premium. Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bittman, Drake London, Kadarius Tony, Rondell Moore, Gerald Everett, Darrell Henderson, Desmond Ritter, George Pickens, Trey McBride, Robbie Anderson, LaVisca Chenault, and Tyler Beatty. So, Really uh, stocked up on a lot of our guys there, Sean. Your two favorite tight ends, I think, in the entire NFL, and uh, and Hawkinson and Everett. But looking through the overall draft board, it really some spots fell incredibly nice here. For example, in the, the second round, we see Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Deshaun Watson. And obviously this was prior to the Watson kind of reporting over the last week, I would assume as well. Dak, Dak Prescott but there is a kind of five pick run then a four pick run with no quarterbacks which allows Trey Lance to get back to him which is Josh Allen Trey Lance a really really nice start off here in this draft but Sean looking through it so far first glance there's not a huge amount that we can well that I can see that, that we'll be criticizing here but we will we will run through it here what's your opening thoughts well this is one of the advantages of doing some of these slow drafts where by the time you get to the end of the draft you already have a lot of values in there we've watched as trey lance has swiftly moved up and is mostly going in the top half of the second round to be able to pair him with josh allen uh, just kind of a crazy start there in terms of upside the next couple of qbs off the board aaron Rodgers and kirk cousins really not in the same category now there's a possibility that the vikings will really get after it this season and with justin jefferson adam Thielen, maybe kirk cousins can do something but the the upside for lance is so extreme that to put those two guys together you already have a big edge on the rest of the field then you go in and because it's the super flex you can start adding those running backs right in behind and to be able to get deandre swift and saquon barkley again that's about the the best two running back start you could possibly get here really isn't that different i don't think than the start for team nine who chose to go running back running back in the first two rounds doesn't have the qbs with christian mccaffrey and derrick henry obviously you prefer to have mccaffrey but deandre swift and saquon barkley probably in the same range there as henry you look at some of the other teams that have tried it we have a team that selected Najee harris and joe mixon in rounds two and three has Jameis Winston in round four. 
Obviously, Winston, much, much, much lower upside. Probably shouldn't be going in that range. And yet, Swift and Barkley, probably better even in a vacuum before you consider the quarterbacks than Najee Harris and Joe Mixon. So, again, from an upside perspective, from winning the entire tournament, you have to be very excited. And it is one of the, the benefits here of having the 101, right? Because you can get Josh Allen and have so much flexibility after that. I do love this roster. One of the things, too, that you see and just becomes so clear is that if you're going to not start with that QBQB build, and you said it was probably the one that we want to do that we'll finally do tomorrow. I don't know if I would go that far. I do like all of the other teams that we have drafted. I really love the Cooper Cup Jamar Chase start that we had in the last draft. But if you don't select QBs in those first couple of rounds, you do have to wait and take some risks because if you're drafting players like Aaron Rodgers, Cousins, Lawrence, Tua, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, Zach Wilson in rounds three, four, and five, you're just getting absolutely hammered on value. The teams that were able to start with QBs and now are taking running backs and wide receivers in that range just have such a huge edge. There's no really no way to pull that back. I mean, you're not going to get some kind of crazy value on Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill, right? I mean, those guys are going to score about what they're going to score, and you're hoping that they don't actually fall below that level. The idea that they could outperform and get you tournament winning upside, it's really difficult to see how that would pan out. And you just have to be in a situation there where you take quarterbacks who could score similarly much, much later. Now, their floor is going to be much lower because they don't have guaranteed starting spots. But if they do fall into the starting spots, then suddenly you've got the same basically caliber of pick much later. In this particular draft, Baker Mayfield went in round 15. I mean, he's a guy now who's going to give you similar value to the players going in round four. And with that being the case, then I mean, he doesn't have to be awesome. And, and Ben and I did do a little bit of a deep dive into his outlook yesterday. And there are a lot of red flags, right? I mean, he's not going to instantly elevate that team, make it a Super Bowl contender. He's not going to make DJ Moore a superstar in all likelihood. His past doesn't suggest that he will do that. But just the floor that you get from a starting QB, and we know that with the move that they've made, Sam Darnold probably not going to be in the mix. Matt Corral probably not going to be in the mix. Those quarterbacks went in rounds 13 and 16 in this draft. Obviously, Colin, you and I have been hoping that Matt Corral would be a factor for the Panthers this year. That no longer looks like it will be the case, but at least there in round 16, you had a shot at some upside. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's when you look through it, and you, you made a very good point there, and my question coming back is, when you are in that first round, and fair enough, there is Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, they are going to probably go in the first rounds of all of these tournament drafts. But when it's Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor is the fifth pick off the board here. But when we look at it then, we do have the option to take Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, or Jalen Hurts at that point. For me, it would be Lamar Jackson. But when we look at the draft then, that was one of the teams that you mentioned, the Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill in the fourth, fifth round. They've had to pass up on a number of other options to try and, you know, get those quarterbacks. And it, it feels like, you know, we talk about the running back dead zone. feels like this is the, the quarterback dead zone of these drafts. At what point in one of these Superflex tournament drafts would you be willing to go non-quarterback? Is it 
after that Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray range? Like, you know, are we looking at the seventh pick? I think it probably has to be in that range. Now, Blair and I did draft a team where we selected Jonathan Taylor early and came back with some of the value picks that you and I executed in our draft. And so I'm enthusiastic about the way that that would work. But you either have to wait until after the fifth round and start taking people like Daniel Jones, Jerry Goff, Baker Mayfield previous to this. I think that now that he's signed, this whole approach doesn't work quite as well because you don't have him hanging around there late. But you would need to wait on a Kenny Pickett who probably will still be the QB after the first month. And again, when you're waiting, you're taking scenarios that have a lower probability of happening. But once they do, then you're in a pretty good position relative to price. But so you either have to wait outside the first five rounds or you have to come back and say, if you took Jonathan Taylor early in this draft, I think it would have made sense to take Trey Lance and then come back and take Lawrence or Fields. That would be a way to play it. I think that Fields is the better pick. Lawrence is going earlier. And so you could kind of gamble and say, we think that Fields might come back and maybe Lawrence does break out this season. There have been a lot of very glowing reviews on him the concern there is just that even though he does run some and he might add a little bit of that justin herbert level of rushing he's not going to run to the point that it really balances out the throwing and the weapons there in jacksonville are still very weak it's a case where the weapons are probably weaker than what mac jones is dealing with in new england mac jones a fifth sixth seventh round pick depending on the draft one of the things that does happen when you kind of dare other drafters on the QBs is that at some point it does force the QBs to fall a little bit, which is what we benefited from in our draft last week, because we weren't picking QBs. They do fall. We end up not quite getting the one we'd hoped for. We hope Mac Jones would go one more pick. We ended up with Zach Wilson. He does have some exciting weapons, but was so poor last year and probably wasn't the type of prospect who should have been selected number two overall. But you look at it within that context and you really have some options. I just, the path that I don't think that you can take is sort of the conservative path of selecting these QBs who just don't have any upside. Even in a super flex, that's not going to do anything for you. Those guys who are going in rounds four, five, and six only because they're the clear starter, those are the players you want to stay away from. Yeah, so to recap the, the roster again here, we have the, the three quarterback build with Allen, Lance, and Ritter. You know, you have Allen and Lance in there. And obviously it's interesting, you know, we'll see how it plays out, but there was reports of Garoppolo potentially ending up with the Panthers. He's still now with the 49ers. So Trey Lance should still be the starter this year, but it's getting a little bit more uh, close to week one. And then we're still in a situation where we have two quarterbacks there with the 49ers. And then we have the running backs are DeAndre Swift, Saquon Barkley, J.K. Dobbins, Darrell Henderson, and Tyler Beatty. So we do start, we have three running backs outside of the quarterbacks, three running backs in the first four picks, and then we're holding off to Henderson in the 14th round. And then Betty is the, the last pick of the draft in the 20th round. In this actual build, Sean, are you happy to to go with the four quarterbacks based on having the, the firepower up top with Swift, Barkley, and Dobbins? Yeah, I just look kind of looking through here. It's interesting because we've talked a little bit about how this format is a little bit more running back heavy. Matthews approached that by getting Swift, Barkley, and Dobbins. I think all of those are very strong picks. Dobbins will kind of see if he rises or falls once you get into the end of August based on 
what his health status is at that point. But either way, he seems like someone who will contribute a lot down the stretch when you really need him. It's a little bit thin still, I think, from the perspective of once you get into 16, 17, 18, 19, maybe you attack running back a little bit more there. But the values are at wide receiver when you're talking about being able to get George Pickens, Robbie Anderson, LaVisca Chenault. Chenault generating a little bit of buzz now. Anderson someone who a very clear riser with Baker Mayfield. I think he's probably the player who benefits the most since it, it, just having borderline competent QB play should elevate him. I don't know that it affects McCaffrey or DJ Moore as much. You know, you get George Pickens there in round 16. I mean, those are going to be the guys. With having both Hawkinson and Everett, the McBride pick a little bit interesting. But as we've talked about before, because of the tight end premium element, this really is at least a three tight end format. So the build from that perspective, very strong, very fun. You look through and it's it's hard to figure out a point where running backs really would have made sense when you look at round eight with Mooney, nine with Bateman, 10 with London, 11 with Tony, 12 with Rondell Moore. So I thought looking at the roster that maybe the range where Tony was picked in the 11th, I think maybe you think at that point, one of the kind of zero RB guys you're hoping to get will come back to you in the 12th, but it'd be still hard to pass up more in Everett at that turn. But some of the players that went in between that were Penny, Rashad White, Melvin Garden, uh, Devin Singletary, Isaiah Speller, and Ronald Jones. So that's a huge chunk of the guys that we'd be targeting at that range. So maybe if one of them make it back, it would make sense to to take that over more. But I think um, I, I think the way the draft fell, that was the the clear and obvious pick at that point. But Sean, that leads us to nine wide receivers in this build, and then the the three tight ends again. Looking at the tight ends, where McBride went in the seventeenth round, it does feel like he is still a clear opportunity there at that point but some of the running backs that do go after that pick then were jamal williams deontay foreman james white Kenyon drake sony michelle is probably the one but like sony michelle goes off the board three picks before the robbie anderson pick and that there of course is you know 20 picks after the trey mcbride pick so just i think a little bit unfortunate in how some of them players may have fell coming back to him but i think with the likes of Robbie Anderson, Chenault, they're all players with the potential to to rise up. Um, I think looking back in hindsight, the only one that I would swap out would potentially be Tony for for one of those zero RB candidates that I mentioned. But overall, very strong. Feels like just maybe one wide receiver less and one running back more would have been the, the perfect build here. Yeah, but it would have been difficult to pass up, like you said, Sky Moore still available at the Kadarius Tony pick. We know that Tony has generated headlines, both of the positive and negative variety here in offseason activity. Still someone with just extreme upside, even though Wandell Robinson potentially overlaps a little bit with some of the routes. I think that that overlap also sort of instigates this idea that they have designs on Tony being used at more depths and having this true breakout they're not in all likelihood at this point going to try and build the team around kenny galladay not going to build the team around sterling shepherd so both of those guys very compelling selections thanks again to matthew for sending in that roster hopefully it is one that that can have a little bit of a run here and uh we're interested in where your leagues are going as the listeners off road of his overtime throughout the year if you're in some of these best ball tournaments and you're 
you know, heading towards winning that league or you, especially when we get into the playoffs, let us know, keep us updated. We want to get some of those uh, Rotoviz OT winners uh, out there as well. So looking forward to seeing how that progresses. Sean, hopefully myself and yourself will have some mixed in as well, but we'll be talking more about that in some upcoming shows. We will have one more roster to dive into. We'll be doing that right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It must be for people listening to the show. Show must be the luck of the uh, the audience here. This is the second draft today, and it is from the one hundred and one. Also, uh, this one is a slow draft heading into the final rounds. But Brad sent uh, sent over an email, very very excited about how this draft was going. Had to share it with us, so we're going to have a quick look through it today to see how things could play out over the final rounds. Um, he's mentioned also, you know, thanks for the kind words about overtime stadium bananas and the best ball show. And I have to say the best ball show was Zachary Kruger and also recent guest appearances from Michael Dubner and Connor O'Driscoll have been getting a lot of positive feedback. So if you haven't checked out the road of his best ball podcast feed, I would highly recommend doing so and uh, give that a subscribe when you're when you're over there. Uh, first time he ever had the 101 at the FFPC. So he's maybe done 20 drafts in total. So not a massive sample size, but 20 drafts is 20 drafts. And we're looking then at, he says, this is a somewhat anchor hero. I'll, he didn't write this. I'll, I'll say modified zero RB build uh, <laughs> just for just for fun. It uh, has been a lot of fun to draft. So um, we are going to run through it. 101, Christian McCaffrey over Jonathan Taylor might be the, the one to talk through. So we're going then as that hero RB build. We've got AJ Brown. We've got T Higgins, my favorite two three turn i think that that we can do at the moment then we get hawkinson in the fourth round at 412 metcalf at 501 drake london Devonte smith trey lance Derek carr noah fant tyler boyd kenny gainwell then we get isaiah spiller jd mckissick and cameron brayton and this here was around the time that we obviously found out about rob Gronkowski's status so the 1501 there with that pick now we will look for updates as to how this draft finished out, but the excitement levels meant that we had to get talking about it here, Sean, so far. So 
The first question for you is Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey at the 101. Are you going Taylor, you know, on a consistent basis or is McCaffrey getting mixed in there? And how does that affect now with Mayfield there? But I think looking through those first, um, you know, four picks in, in particular, we have been targeting, well, I've mentioned before I'm drafting too much AJ Brown, but then T Higgins is also one of our absolute favorites to draft. And then we get Hawkinson there as well as the, elite tight end in this build so true four picks were in a, a really smooth spot the only real question would be the the 101 versus the the jonathan taylor pick yeah i'm taking taylor here in part because i do think you're still mostly going to need the 101 in order to get taylor but if you have the 101 for the first time and you haven't gotten a chance to draft in this top four or so very often mccaffrey even falling to the 103 in a lot of formats then it's perfectly justifiable to take him his total ep is likely going to be the highest and we know he doesn't have any kind of talent issue like might be the case for someone like anashi harris where he's going to underperform that so if you get that ep up into the 23 24 range and then also tack on another three fantasy points over expectation both of those things difficult and unlikely but also possible for christian mccaffrey then you're up in that 26 27 point per game range where you're going to distance the competition by a lot even if jonathan taylor does what we think he can do and push his point total up into the 24 25 point per game range those guys really are separated from the rest of the running back field by a wide wide margin it's interesting here to see cooper cup go 103 Justin Jefferson can go 104, and then a string of tight ends and running backs. To have Henry, Harris, and Eckler in there is interesting to me. Those aren't necessarily bad picks, but I think that Jamar Chase, who goes with the 110, will probably be my pick right now to finish as the number one wide receiver. So if you can get him at the 110, and then this particular drafter is able to come back at the 203 with cd lamb we've talked about the issues that lamb has and while he still has a lot to prove you know he is going higher than that in most cases that's a dream start if you get the 110 if you get the 110 you're not expecting to be able to get off to that nice of a beginning with your draft you mentioned here mccaffrey brown higgins that is the dream start last year the dream start with mccaffrey aj brown and either say cd lamb or dk metcalf that didn't exactly pay off so we'll see if we have similar bad luck at the top in 2022 but i think you have to be extremely excited one of the things to note here is that in this draft we have tyreek hill go at the 211 so he almost makes it back to the 212 would have been an interesting choice and then he passes on Mike Evans at the 301, falls to the 304. Have seen Evans go, you know, as early as like the 202 recently. So that selection, that pick, I think will be one that stands out as we look to the future. That allows the drafter in the 104 to start Jefferson, Jones, and Evans, and then gets DJ Moore coming back around. So I know this is a build that Ben Gretsch would be pretty excited about. Well, I say that, but he's he he and I are not necessarily on the, the Mike Evans bandwagon because Evans does have some red flags that would worry you. We did a section on Stealing Bananas recently talking about how Russell Gage is really probably the way to play this. Although in the Russell Gage territory, you're probably moving to a different position or taking an even higher ceiling guy. 
I don't know. It, this could be a, a case where even with those red flags, Mike Evans has a late career mega season, goes out and puts up uh, 20 touchdowns in that Randy Moss range. So those are the picks I think will will stand out. This is definitely a great draft through three rounds. And it's one of the reasons why having the one-on-one is so much fun. It's not just that McCaffrey-Taylor choice, but at the two-three, you have a lot of fantastic options. Yeah, and it's interesting in this draft too. You may we've gone through those rounds here for this particular roster, but when we look through the one, it's kind of looking out the board, it's kind of the running back group and it's the wide receiver group. And it'll be interesting to see if any of the other listeners were in this draft. But the 103 starts off with Cooper Cup, Darren Waller, Keenan Allen, Marquise Brown, Juju Smith Schuster, and then Amon Rassent Brown then gets into two quarterbacks in Burrow uh, and Stafford before moving into running backs at the 903 and then we have the team in the fourth spot with justin jefferson aaron jones mike evans dj moore branton cooks adam thielen zach Ertz, then russell wilson then alberto kubunum so they're kind of going with a zero or hero rb approach we have a team then with two tight ends and really goes and gets four running backs after that so probably not going the way that we're drafting sean but we have then 106 goes four running backs to start 107 is kind of a mixed approach 108 four running backs to start 109 goes with a two tight end in the first three rounds kind of approach as well but then the 111 is Devonte adams stefan diggs waddle etn elijah moore kyler murray and then we get you know kenneth walker and brandon i before pat fairmouth so then the team in 12, just looking at it as Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, James Conner, um, Josh Allen, and then Josh Jacobs. So four running backs in those first five rounds. So a really varied approach across this draft, more varied than maybe that we're, we're used to seeing in these, but quite a few interesting builds across the board. The roster then, as I mentioned, DK Metcalf, uh, London, Devontae Smith, Trey Lance, Derek Carr, Noah Fant, Tyler Boyd, Kenny Gainwell, Isaiah Spiller. I think Gainwell and Spiller there are super strong for any sort of zero RB or uh, hero RB sort of builds there, and then uh, McKissick and Britt. So, yeah, I think I think this has started off really nice, and I can I can fully understand why Brad had the excitement to send it over that he has had, especially getting that first shot from the one hundred and one. And you mentioned a little bit of an interesting draft here to have three robust running back teams in a twenty twenty two draft is unusual, and a couple of these teams even go back to the running back well not that long after they finish with their first four we'll see what the mix does you know you, you obviously got some dead zone guys in there but you also have some interesting names like barkley and acres like james connor if you can feather those guys in in the third and fourth rounds that part is going to be appealing to some drafters Colin, you mentioned the wide receivers here to get drake london after players like adam thielen michael thomas darnell mooney amari cooper have been selected seems like an absolute dream it doesn't necessarily mean that he'll outscore them but the upside for him to have a jalen waddle type of season and you know add a little bit more depth of target and add more touchdowns on there in addition makes him a fantastic pick and that's after getting dk metcalf in the fifth round Metcalf now locked into probably poor quarterback play. We've gone over how he's been resilient in the face of that in the past. Someone who, you know, not too long ago was the legitimate wide receiver one in dynasty for him to go wide receiver 20 in redraft 
kind of regardless of the quarterback situation gives you a sense of the extreme potential upside there and again we have a situation where players like terry mclaurin dj moore deontay johnson michael pittman a long time ago those guys have already gone and maybe their quarterback situations aren't quite as bad but i mean mclaurin is catching passes from carson wentz and it has a player in jahan dotson who's been generating absolute raves to compete with this washington offense is actually not devoid of receiving playmakers so i don't think that mclaurin is going to be able to maintain the target share the air yard share that he's had in the past you then combine that with continued poor quarterback play it's hard to see how he is a good selection ahead of players like dk metcalf like juju smith schuster you know even someone like a brandon cooks who again is going to have that poor qb play but doesn't have the same target competition you know ahead of someone like a Cortland sutton so that kind of section there is interesting yeah definitely interesting sean i meant to start the show with this but the big breaking news this week has been that my beard is no longer on my face it has departed that is bigger news to me than the baker mayfield signing it was uh, a little shocking to turn on Streamyard here and see you i was uh, my initial reaction was I, I hope column is okay obviously he is but i've gotten used to seeing all those fantastic thumbnails that you've done for youtube where the star of all of those is the red beard i mean it's just it's it's such a perfect beard and all of those uh, visuals where you look shocked or disappointed and and again those those have been so much fun thank you for doing that i know the uh, listeners and viewers in the case of the youtube have enjoyed that but yes column is beardless and that does take priority for me over trying to figure out you know how the panthers and the seahawks are going to <laughs> go forward because my my question is how are we going to go forward here on road of his overtime without column's beard I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. Um, we'll have to get some more new pictures for for thumbnails sorted out, and uh, we'll work it out then. But yeah, it'll be a. I did message Sean uh, yesterday when it when it did take place to make sure he didn't get too much of a fright and think that he had logged into the wrong uh, recording link here for for Streamyard. But that is the the big breaking news of the week. But we are looking forward to, as I mentioned at the start of the show, drafting against the road of his overtime listeners. We will have those shows coming up early next week so we usually have the the tuesday uh, thursday saturday you may get you you may get five or six shows next week we'll see how it all plays out we're recording some bonus shows over the next month or so do not miss out on those and as we draft we will be sharing those to let you in on our thought processes who we're drafting and so on and the transparency as always will continue as people like to message and sometimes like after the super flex draft we did recently sean it's not always that we have this long con that we're just gonna spring it on people <laughs> in one draft but um hopefully people have enjoyed as we checked in on those rosters we'll be doing some dynasty rosters over the the next week or so to check in on those but if you do have any questions topics suggestions send them my way on twitter at road of his overtime or you can email them in at road of his radio at gmail.com it's great interacting with all of you as we get those questions and topics we did discuss those rosters today from the ffpc and that's where we'll be drafting against listeners over the coming weeks but if you are playing over at underdog fantasy you can always get yourself that 100 sign up bonus up to 100 with the promo code rotoviz and of course, if you want to get yourself set up with the tools to get you into those best ball tournaments and give you the optimal chance of success, sign up to a Rotoviz NFL pass. Use the code RV Radio 2022 at checkout. 
and that'll get you 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass. It's really heating up with the content over there. I mentioned last week the ADP tools are up there now for underdog as well. So you don't want to miss out. That is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>